Welcome in. It is March 9th, 2021. And uh, again, God, 2021 is starting off slow. There's not a ton to see. Or maybe we're just very, very lazy. I think it's both. Uh, so Yeah, but we made it out of Snowfit all right, so that's That's good. true. Yeah, we had 70-degree weather in Chicago here today. It was beautiful. Um, nice. It's going to be hard to watch movies now. But uh, we knocked out two. Two of the ones that uh, we were planning on. So uh, we no bad land. I, I, we kept hearing so many things. I was like, we have to watch it. We have to see what it is. Um, that Chloe Zhao is like, she keeps coming up. You and I had both heard big things about the writer. And then she's going to be doing the Eternals movie. So we're like, right. And plus it's uh, Frances McDormand who, I mean, even if it's a bad movie, she's awesome. So... Yeah, she was. We watched that, and then we did the uh, Coming to America, the sequel that came out on Amazon, um, and we will get to both. First off is Nomadland. So the the info is, after losing everything in the Great Recession, which would be in 2008, a woman embarks on a journey through the American West, living as a van-dwelling modern-day nomad. And apparently this is a thing that actually exists. There's people that just, I mean, they lost their they lost their everything. Uh, doing the housing crisis and, and uh, all that. And so they load up in vans and, you know, RVs and stuff, and they just kind of travel around working, like, a little a few jobs to just make a little bit of ends meet, and they just keep moving around. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's odd because, <clears throat> or interesting, because it seemed like they were following the jobs around, and they were also, you know, moving from, uh, uh, what do you want to say, place to place, Um almost based on, you know, the terrain that they were allowed to be in, right? Um, the only thing that kind of threw me was uh, going up so far north when it was freezing cold. I wondered why they didn't, you know what I mean, stay down a little further south if, if you're literally in the vehicle, you know, and taking day jobs. So I, I think it's because that uh, Amazon job was up there because they, they, she worked there twice. Like when the movie starts, yeah. towards the end of the movie, she does the Amazon job, and apparently that is the big money job. Which would make sense as why yeah. they would go up there, and so that's what I'm guessing. Well, Christmas too. Yeah. yeah Christmas oh year. yeah, because Christmas they would need the all the extra help, sure. Yeah. So, no, I thought it was a really interesting movie. It. Uh, oh man, it's one of those ones that like I mean the, the acting was powerhouse. Yeah. You know, uh, David Strathairn too is is I oh, love that love guy. that guy. Uh, always happy to see him in mm. something. Uh, he was really good in it. Uh, no surprise there. Um, you know, Francis McDormand though was amazing. Um, but still, <laughs> uh, I really, uh, how do I explain it? I really liked the movie. The pacing was very different, um, very different. Uh, just random time jumps, you know, a uh, year or two and things like that here and there throughout it. and, and um, overall, I, I think I kind of liked it. It wasn't a year uh, or two. I thought the whole the whole movie took place over about like four to five months. Or no, it would have been a year. It would have been a year exactly because it starts off and it's Christmas and it ends and it's like Christmas, New Year's. No, but there there's a scene in there uh, where she goes and uh, after she sees what's that woman that uh, who was the woman's name? The older woman that she becomes best friends with for a little bit. Oh yeah. Uh, towards towards the middle. I can find. And it. then she goes. Yeah, and, and she goes and she sees, you know, David straight there, and she dances with him, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. And then she sees him again, and he's like, "Remember me?" Like, and she said something like, "Yeah," and he says, "It's been two years." Oh, did he? You know, and uh, yeah, he says, "It's oh, been two okay. years." She's like, "Yeah, yeah." They they jump, and there was another point in there too where they jumped like almost a year. 
Um, oh, okay. I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah. That that was that was over like four years. Uh, and uh, and and that's what I'm saying. Like it was really interesting, just jumping all the time, and mm-hmm. you had to pay attention because yeah, there's yeah, big time jumps. And, and she would say things like, you know, when when they would see each other, her and other people would see each other again, like somewhere they would say something like, oh, remember back in October when we were at the whatever, you know, and like implying that there were more jumps in between. Um, so it was just kind of just jumping around, following her life afterwards. Um, but I was okay with it. It was it was a little hard to get into at first because it was a lot of jumping, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, when are they going to like land into a more traditional story? But they didn't at all ever. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of what I liked about it, it, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Once you got a hang of it, though, it took a while. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. It was a very unique pacing, and it kind of made sense for a nomad lifestyle. Um, and I mean, what do you want to watch her driving and looking for the job and mm-hmm. <laughs> like all those things you didn't need to see? So yeah, overall, I liked it. Yeah, no, um, I enjoyed it too. Um, so it's so her story is based off something that really happened. Uh, the company town of Empire, Nevada, which is a real place that was owned by U.S. Gypsum. I believe they did sheetrock. Uh, they were and mining. I think that's what it was mining. Um, the the mine closed and the whole town, like the zip code, just stopped existing. And so they had all these, you know, the company homes. You know, the little, they weren't anything special but you know the company had the homes there and the people lived there well once the company left there's nothing there so the houses were there but there's there's nothing there's no anything so they just had anything that they all their savings everything was just gone their entire life is just gone and so she's forced to live in the van and uh it was interesting because you kind of see her go through at first She's, she doesn't really know what she's doing. Um, and then her friend Swanky says, listen, you gotta be, you gotta take this seriously. You can die out here. You're out in the wilderness. You can, your, your van is your everything. You can die if you don't take this seriously. And then as she progresses, you kind of see her where she, it's very comfortable with it. And then this on again, off again thing with David straight there. And you kind of see where his story arc, uh, how he, he got into his situation and She's got the opportunity to live with David straight there and his family because uh, they invited him back because they had a grandkid and they could live in this little, she could live in this little guest house and like have this complete life. And she just, you and the whole time I was like, do I want her to, to do it and have the happy ending or do I not want her to? And she ends up just bailing in the middle of the night and leaving and kind of going back to her life. And but but it wasn't just that it it, it was she goes back to her old house yeah know, uh, to get rid of like her last the last of what she had from that lifestyle and she kind of smiles at the horizon and, and I think it's telling you like like she left because she didn't because she was broken and she lost everything mm-hmm. and she said she was going to search for herself and then I think at the end she's like gets rid of you know the last of her old life mm-hmm. and realizes like she's going to be fine and she smiles at the horizon and she's like i've you know i'm on to i'm on to lead a happy life yeah like like i've I've done my morning i've done my penance i found myself now i can go and be happy wherever that is whether it's nomading for the next 10 years or or settling down somewhere i think she realizes like her 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 whole like you know depression penance whatever it is finding yourself it's all it's over now i think Mm -hmm. is what that was saying 
Yeah, no, and I like that it didn't tell you. You just know that she's come to peace with herself, but it doesn't tell you, is that going to be with David Strait there, or is that going to be on her own? And I liked the scene with her sister, because you kind of see her sister uh, yeah. married a guy who became very affluent in the real estate business, and she's over there, and you find out she's very jealous, because she talks immediately she talks about how she introduced the two, and it's very uncomfortable for everybody. And, well, how ironic that he's in the real estate business and she's homeless. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That, that, that seemed very, for a reason. Uh, but I, it, I read. This was one of those movies where I thought about for like days after. So, uh, IMDb only gave it a seven point six, which, again, IMDb is one of those where it, there's about, you, it's a ten point variance. I would say even, like probably like a point. Oh, I'm sorry, not ten point. A one-point variance, probably closer to a point five. Um, I gave it an eight point two. What did you give it? Uh, I'd have to give it. I'd give it a solid eight. Okay. I'd, I'd leave it at exactly eight. I mean, there was, you know, I I'm fine with ambiguous endings, and I, I don't know that it was an ambiguous ending. I think this was a story about this time in her life, and we saw it from beginning to end. So I don't think it was really ambiguous so much as, you know, we didn't see it before that in her life. You know what I mean? We didn't need to yeah. see after either. Like, we saw a complete chapter of her life. And, and uh, so I wouldn't call it ambiguous so much as uh, just kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't say it was gripping. I wouldn't say it was gut-wrenching. I wouldn't say, like, it was just a really interesting look at a group of people I'd never seen before. Yeah. And a lifestyle I'd never seen before. Um, done with some, done with some respect. Like, I like, I like, I feel like that an easy way to go. You remember when she met that young guy? Um, yeah, the kind of exchange the lighter. Yeah, she sees him again later, and he gives him a, her a lighter back, like you were nice to me before. Like you know, anyway, I want you to have this. And uh, I really was worried at first. Like the easy cheap thing was like he was going to in some way mug her. Uh, or, you know what I mean, or something. Like I just I got that worried feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, the first time she saw him, and he was like. Uh, I don't know. You look at Kiwi's getting high on life with friends <laughs> and and other things, and then uh, and then you see him again. Like I said, alone. She was alone. They were middle of nowhere. I was like, oh, oh no, gonna be lazy. But that didn't happen. She like helps a fellow need a person in need, and I don't know. I thought overall, uh, like, I didn't see that. Good warmth. I think someone hurt you. <laughs> I, well, I feel like everything I've seen has been so dark lately. That yeah, <laughs> it's never good when they when they show you a character again later and then and they're alone and I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and he was kind of a rough-looking dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. I uh, See, but, I, but uh, he was like, I, I liked it because no matter where, he was just kind of at peace. He's like, you don't have any of this stuff. He's like, nah, I'm just, I don't know, I'll figure it out. Which she brought him a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, brought, and he, sandwich. yeah, and he traded, traded. Uh, I think he gave her a lighter yeah. in return. Yeah, he gave her a lighter to thank you, to thank her for when she'd given him a light before. Yeah. And she, he said, I want you to have this. And she's like, well fine i'll trade you for the sandwich because she was giving that to him anyway yeah uh and so i I like that and giving him a sense of like you know pride and not just taking a handout but uh but no it was it was great uh she was great um yeah i I, i'd recommend it It, it's an eight but i'd highly recommend it i do too i and i think um during this year which is kind of full of weak movies this is i think this is my favorite i think this is my favorite to win best picture and best director it's you know what it's different it's not like any other movies i've seen it was told in a way that i have not seen before i really want to watch the um zoe's uh chloe zhao's other movie the writer, the writer now and 
there's not a lot of people that could do this other than Frances McDormand. She's kind of in a tier. I mean, I know everyone uses Meryl Streep as this, as the staple. I don't of like, see it. I, I don't. don't it. I don't get it. I, I mean, she's fine, but I. I would. Yeah, I think Frances McDormand's a better yeah. actress than Meryl Streep. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with her. She does very good work. I yeah. didn't mean that either. But 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 yeah, there's there's better actresses. Yeah, uh, I feel. And, I agree. Uh, yeah, she's definitely one of them. Um, yeah, no, uh, yeah, highly recommended. Eight, and Happy, I, you know, much like the the terror season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ever get a chance to see that, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's kind of the same feeling, and that obviously a very different type of show. But I would you know give that like a seven point five. But I would tell everyone to watch it. You know what I mean? Like it was a ten because it was a, it's about a segment of history that you don't know anything about which yeah. was like the, the Japanese internment camps and what it was like living in the U.S. in an internment camp and, uh, so in this nomad life like both both you know segments of uh, Americana if you will uh, or life or I should say uh, a life in America that I was previously unaware of and for that like it, it gets a one or two point swing in my book you know what I mean yeah um, and the and, direction was great. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I liked it. I can't wait to see more Chloe. Like, I want to just take in more Chloe Zhao stuff. Uh, one thing I noticed. So curious. Oh, go ahead. Uh, one thing that I thought was really interesting that I want to point out is that um, a lot of her, the co-stars, like the other people in the uh, in, in the movie, they use their real names because a lot of them thought it was like a documentary. So, like, two of the the people that like Swanky, who you get to know with really short yeah. hair, and Bob, who's kind of. The de facto, not leader, but more of a uh, uh, spiritual leader, I guess. They had no idea she was a Hollywood star. They thought she was just firm. Just she was just one of these nomadic people. And uh, yeah, uh, the scene where Frances McDormand is sharing this, you know, these memories of her late husband. Uh, Bob actually thought that that was a real story. He like talked to her afterwards. She's like, "I'm glad you told me that." Like he was real supportive of everything. She goes, "Actually, I'm an actress." My husband's Joel Cohen of the Cohen Brothers. Um, he's still alive. And uh, oh wait, what is he? Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either until I looked into this. Yeah, I had no idea. See, but that makes sense. I they should do more movies together. Um, but wasn't yeah. she in Fargo? Yeah, she was. Yeah, that was kind of where she got her yeah, start, yeah. and that's really what propelled the the Cohen Brothers. But it, it, it was a great movie. Yeah, I would recommend this to every. Actually, I told my parents to watch it. Um, it's just it's just a good. It's just a really good movie. It's not like it's oh, it's a ten. It's just a really good movie. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really interested to see, really interested to see how Chloe Zhao is going to tackle a Marvel movie as big as Eternals. Yeah. Because her her style is so unique and so, I, like, I, there's nothing I can draw from, from the from the little bit I have seen a little bit of the writer from the little bit I've seen of the writer, um, and what I've seen of Nomadland, and I feel like a very similar storytelling technique um and you know the landscapes the the kind of choppy real life real grid storytelling real actors uh, how do you then go do a movie about mythological people <laughs> yeah <laughs> thousands of years ago on earth and then and aliens like how does that wait why did they even think of her like i mean I, I love her but like what made you think perfect fit for a marvel movie well you know I, what I mean? actually it was something that you told me because i didn't really know a ton about what the eternals was going to be about i knew of the eternals i didn't really read a lot of their stuff but going off of what the information on IMDb is the saga of the eternals a race of immortal beings who lived on earth and shaped its history and civilizations 
uh, and you told me they like they exist before there's people. So there's a lot of them just in existing on the earth before people. And when you told me that, I was like, oh my god, well yeah, Chloe's that would be the perfect person because she can do so much with so little that and make yeah, it compelling. Well, well, and, well, and they've been. I think if I think that it follows them through history because again, I let, I read very little about what the Eternals are about and stuff, but mm-hmm. like a lot of them are people who at some point in the history of humans, uh, they believe them to be gods. So like, like one of them, they believe, or, or like one of them, they believe to be Cleopatra and Medusa. And one of them, I think, uh, Brian Tyree Henry is, uh, supposed to be like Hephaestus, the, the god of whatever metalworking, what do you call it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they made all the weapons and stuff. Yeah. And like, uh, I don't remember who all of them are, but they're basically thought to be like gods or major figures in history throughout the years. So I don't know if it follows them all the way through that history up to the present day, uh, or all takes place, you know, back in, I think one of them was supposed to be Genghis Khan. I don't know if, it, if it's all the way back then, but, uh, and we haven't even seen a trailer yet, which yeah. is crazy. Well, but, uh, I mean, concept did, art here today. I'm not surprised but, uh, because they, like, everything got pushed back. So like, yeah, Black Widow was supposed to come out last May, and it's now going to come out this May, and so everything got pushed back. Heck so yeah. I met, and Marvel plays things very close to the chest because every movie folds into the next one, so that doesn't surprise me. Uh, and then let's move on to Coming to America. So this one came out on Amazon. It's supposed to be Friday. It came out a day early, which hey, fun. Um, and basically, it's a fan service movie of the original Coming to America that happened back in what, 1982, I think. And, uh, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine with it being fan service. Yeah, I loved the original. Oh, loved yeah. Original. It's one of the greatest comedies of all time. Yeah, and to bring all... Pretty much anyone who's alive came back. Yeah. Um, except Samuel L. Jackson. Um, well, yeah, yeah such, well, I don't know how you would bring him back. Although they brought a lot of people back that I, you would think, like, what, like, what, 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 you went through all the trouble to bring that person back. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there were. Yeah, everybody was brought back. But uh, you know what? I appreciated the hell out of all. Of them. Yeah. The the one <laughs> and, where in the original they're like, "This is your wife," and he's like, "Bark like a dog," and, and hop on one foot, and she does it. And then, and this one, they bring her back to do the same thing, and it's like, I appreciate that. That's kind of funny. That was great. And and what's his name? Uh, Wesley Snipes' character uh, that plays her brother. Uh, he basically like infers that she's been in this curse the entire time. <laughs> she hasn't. She hasn't stopped barking for thirty years. Yes. Yeah. That Snipes was says, so release, great. Release her from the curse. Yeah. <laughs> No, that was yeah. It was fantastic. Um, yeah, they brought yeah they brought her back, and then Tayana Taylor, who apparently is a singer, is the the new daughter, and that's who they want to meet. So, all right, starting back, Eddie Murphy finds out. Uh, so he's got everyone's old. Uh, James Earl Jones is about to die. In fact, he's he's laying down the entire shoot, uh, which it's James Earl Jones. He's earned that, and Eddie Murphy's got three daughters. Uh, but Zamunda needs a king. And so Wesley Snipes, who runs a uh, neighboring warlord country, uh, he wants his son, who's a big doofus, to marry Eddie Murphy's oldest daughter, who's a very strong, independent woman. And 
then yeah, he finds out from the old guard. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I, yeah. I, I, that movie sucked, but I like her. Her name's Kiki Lane. I liked her a lot in this. Yeah. I like to. I think she she should be in more stuff. I really. I thought yeah, she was. She, be, she will be. Yeah, it's what it seems like. Um, so Eddie Murphy finds out he's got an illegitimate son. Uh, back when during the first movie, when they're going on all those dates, uh, Arsenio Hall uses Eddie Murphy to be his wingman to take Leslie Jones home from a uh, from a club, and she gets him high and uh, hooks date up rape. with him. Yeah, basically date rapes him. Yeah, she's no, no, not basically. She date rapes. Yep, him. no, she date rapes him. So that's fun in a comedy, and so he ends up having this kid he doesn't know about, played by Jermaine Fowler named Lavelle, and so he goes to find him, bring him back, and ends up having, and he has to bring Leslie Jones back. Also, Tracy Morgan is his uncle, steals every scene he's in. Uh, Tracy Morgan is always fantastic. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. I, everybody, everybody was on top of their game. Yeah. I mean, I get why IMDb gave it a 5.5, because people are angry that it's, like, not some amazingly well-written movie. You know what? The first one wasn't either. But it was fan service to a hilarious comedy about it showcasing a guy's and a couple guys abilities to do so many amazing characters mm-hmm. and it was fantastic and I, honestly there were some scenes where I thought Eddie Murphy he's doing a good job acting too yeah like I, when he's playing like more of the turning into his father and stuff yeah uh, there, you know I was I was kind of impressed by a little bit of that he I'm was like, good in Dolomite remember Dolomite that was a that was a good movie I enjoyed that he was yeah he was really good in that and that was I don't know if, that by any means was the first time he and Weston Spence worked together. I, I, I have no idea actually, um, but they have to have become friends doing that, right? And when he brought him into this movie, but uh, did Wesley Snipes not look like he was having a blast? Oh <laughs> yeah, and then the outtakes after, like during the credits, you could tell everyone was having a great time during that. Oh god, yeah, that had to be so much fun, and they, and all the all the musicians they had coming in and doing everything, like oh god, it looked like a blast. Yeah, filming that movie. Yeah, I mean a blast. Salt and, and paper and Vogue. Morgan Freeman does the eulogy at. I was about to say. Morgan like, Freeman eulogy. When he dies, uh, uh, people cried. People just stopped having sex. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It was it was oh, stupid. It was fun, it was funny, and if you didn't like it, that's kind of on you. It even had Rick Ross. Yeah. Rick Ross was one of the, uh, I was, and I wondered, I saw that guy, I was like, I think that's Rick Ross. Rick Ross was one of uh, the henchmen for, more, for uh, not worry, for Wesley Snipes. It, it was just, everyone was in it. They just threw people in it. Uh, and it was. They could. Yeah. Colin Jost, Colin Jost comes in, and, uh, and that scene was so great. Because it's Lavelle Johnson, or not Lavelle, the the son, the bastard son, uh, yeah, Lavelle Johnson, comes in for an interview with uh, Colin Jost is there, and he's like, you know, I just didn't have someone hand me my job. He's like, they didn't hand it to me. It was, they go on, basically it was the most white privilege treat you've ever heard of. He's like, I didn't have a Coke problem, it was Oxy. And uh, and it turned out his uh, uncle and grandfather were um, from Trading Places. The oh, What are their names? The bad guys, the Dukes. The Dukes from Trading Places. What? Did you not notice that? Wait, they were who? The Dukes. You've, you've, you've seen Trading Places, right? Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, well, you know the two guys that uh, put Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd, like they set them up in the situation. They were known as the Dukes. Yeah. And then 
later on they're they're in a, coming to America when after they go bankrupt and he goes Randolph Randolph like after they see the money after Akeem gives them gives them the money it's the Dukes mm. Randolph okay, and Mort- okay. Randolph and Mortimer Duke played by Ra- Ralph Bellamy and Don Amici. Okay, I didn't catch that. Yeah, it shows Apparently, a, it shows a painting on his on his wall. And it's the Dukes. Oh, that's great! I didn't know that. But, uh, that uh, it makes sense. He's apparently making the Eddie Murphy verse, which I'm fine with. Yeah, uh, because uh, he said that the clumps were originally supposed to be in it also, but they just couldn't fit it in. That makes sense. Uh, they were gonna they were gonna be at the uh, at the uh, what's it called the, the ceremony. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, they have. I mean, and they brought back everybody. It was so great. The commitment Tumbo was in it. It was yeah, so good. Was. There were there were so. I'm not surprised you didn't catch the news. There were so many like offhand little jokes that were great. Like, it, it, it Wakanda was just, in a real place. It is to some people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Louis uh, Anderson came great. back. That's yeah. So great. Yeah. No, it was because Zamunda was supposed to be uh taken from wakanda oh, in the really? original movie i did not realize that yeah yeah they i mean it was like a, a tongue-in-cheek joke about yeah. wakanda they, they called it the movie yeah and and uh but you know i heard some criticism which was interesting and and um it was our, our old buddy we like to listen to mark bernard and, and it was kind of an interesting little well put criticism the only thing i would say against it because when he said it i was like yeah uh was that you know zamunda was the place that was like where where African well, not African Americans where where black people <laughs> were way ahead of everybody else yeah and he comes to America and the comedy is in him seeing how ridiculous Americans are yeah right and 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 how stupid we look because we were so different and in this movie it was kind of flipped where the joke was more on how out of touch they were uh, than the Americans and the Americans kind of coming in and you know Americans explaining things to them. You know, and uh, so that I was like, yeah, that actually is kind of a weird message. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, but you know what? It's comedy, and it was hilarious, and I'm going to forgive it of anything like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, mean, if you take it seriously, first of all, yeah, their version of CNN was ZNN, and it was Trevor Noah and a dashiki and a afro. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, so let's yeah, not, let's. I mean, sometimes you just gotta have fun. Like this was not meant to. This was not meant to teach you a lesson or anything. It was just a fun movie, and it was a. And that's a thing that's been happening recently. Is they're just make they're making fan movies. Like they're just movies for the fans of something. Like the Bill and Ted movie. It wasn't a good movie, but it was for the fans, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it because I enjoyed the first Bill and Ted. I didn't. Yeah, I, it was great. I enjoyed it. I did nothing wrong. Uh, yeah. Oh no, I look forward to a third. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't mind that. Gotta let that soul glow. Um, and I also like uh, this. One, I was gonna leave this, I think, for the news. But I mean, we're talking about it. Coming to America is the most watched pandemic movie. Good for them. Yeah, I agree. It should be. It should be. Yeah, it should be the most watched movie. Because uh, <laughs> when you're sitting you on your what? ass in sweatpants for nine months. You want a coming to America sequel? Yeah, and you know, you know what? Give good quality, better quality movies and better quality uh, cinematography and budgets to more black movies because you know what? They freaking come out. Yeah. <laughs> black Panther was by far the most watched movie of the year. Coming to America, most watched movie ever streamed. Like, I mean, yeah, of course. 
give them something good. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Give 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 them good uh, budgets to more black directors and stuff to make some things. Because yeah, they've got great stories to tell, and yet it seems like they're just never given a budget to do. God, even Spike Lee feels like he has a hard time getting a budget sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but his movies are not. But the thing they're is, not meant to be big budget. Yeah, yeah, they're not meant to be big budget. And I mean, like the Five Bloods and like some of the other stuff. He, he, he's got, like, he kind of does his own thing, and it's not, like, the five bloods was five, it could have been an hour shorter. Like, you need someone to help him edit on those things. Yeah, I agree, I agree on those. Uh, but, yeah, no, I thought the movie was fantastic. I hope to God they decide to make a third at some point. <laughs> Arsenio Hall looks like he's about to croak, but give him, make him another movie quick. You know what? I thought he looked good. I thought Arsenio Hall looked good in that. Did you? I thought he aged well, Yeah. All right. Well, you know, they. I thought it was great when they de-aged them and the and the flashback. That flashback scene was fantastic. Yeah. At the bar. Yeah. Oh my god, that was a great scene. And and then seeing them de-aged, I was like, wow, look at them. Yeah. <laughs> what a difference I, thirty years make. I really, I like I, the whole time I'm watching. I was like, I am gonna go back and watch the original again after this. Like, it's just. I mean, I know that movie from from heart, but like. I, I it's it's still so great. Like you can, that's one of those you can watch over and over. It never gets old. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out is the director Craig of the movie Craig Brewer. These are some of his credits. So one of the first ones to start him off was Hustle and Flow, which I don't know if you ever saw that. I liked it. Some people didn't. I heard good things. I enjoyed it, um, and it had a good cast. Like it, Terrence Howard wasn't really anything at the time. That's kind of what made it him. Made big. him. Yeah, it made him. Yeah, made him Taraji it? P. Yeah. Henson, people kind of, I mean, people knew who she was, but that really, I think, helped. Um, Anthony Anderson, Taron Mann, like, there was there were some good people in it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie. I mean, it's a messed up movie, but it's good. Uh, some of the other things that he directed were uh, Black Snake Moan, which I never saw. That was crazy. What was it good? Yeah, I'd say it was good. Okay. It was crazy. Yeah, that's, that's what it looks like. Um, he did an episode of The Shield. He did an episode of Terriers, which we are both big fans of. Oh, he did the pilot of Terriers. Good for him. Um, yeah. He also did 10 episodes of Empire. He did Dolomite Is My Name, and he did this. So I, I want to see more from this guy. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And bring and, and get more, some more Eddie Murphy, because God knows the world can use more Eddie Murphy. Yeah, well, you know what? They, the problem was he kept getting all these stupid roles like Norbit and stuff. And it's He re- wanted them. He knew how much money was in the kids' movies. Yeah. <laughs> he was smart. He made a fortune from it. And, but, and it probably didn't hurt that I think he has more he has more babies than, than an NFL football team. That's right, like, yeah. He, I've heard he's got a lot of kids. I mean, uh, yeah, I Eddie Murphy in the eighties. Yeah, Eddie Murphy in the eighties. You you know how hard it would be not to get people pregnant if you're Eddie Murphy in the eighties. Uh, oh, I've seen the frisbee skit. <laughs> <laughs> what? You've, you've seen Eddie Murphy raw, right? Yeah. It's been forever. <laughs> I remember the whole the whole first, Yeah, he's like, man, it'd be it'd be coming. It'd be coming at me like someone throwing frisbees at me. <laughs> they're they're landing everywhere. This one, this one, this one's for me. This one's for me. <laughs> oh my god, I stepped on some. Oh my god, I stepped on some. Oh, this one's for me. <laughs> god, Eddie Murphy Raw was fantastic. With the was that the red was that the red suit or the blue one? Yeah, the red suit. Okay, yeah, that was the best one. Hello, yeah. They just throwing it at me like frisbees. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's hard not to get. I feel like I feel like in a hundred years it's kind of be like that thing now where uh, something like 
5% of all Asian people are related to Genghis Khan. I feel like 5% of all Amer- like all Americans will be related to Eddie Murphy at some point. <laughs> Eddie Murphy and uh, uh, Kurt Warner. <laughs> Kurt Warner? Oh, he has no mini yeah. kids? Doesn't he have like 12 kids? Yeah, something like that. Him and Philip Rivers, too. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Eddie Murphy has 10. Yeah, that's great. All right, let us move on to uh, On the Horizon. All right, and for the first thing for On the Horizon, we have uh, Made for Love, which it looks interesting. So it's a TV series coming to, I don't know, I can't find, I think it's, oh, HBO Max. Um, and of course the, it is. Yeah, because yeah, it looks awesome. And uh, the main people that I, the only people I noticed were Kristen Milotti and Ray Romano. Oh, Billy Magnuson's in it too. You and I are both real big fans of him. And it's an interesting premise. Uh, Also, Kristen Milotti is fast becoming like one of my, one of my favorites. And Ray Romano also, after, uh, was it Get Shorty, is also becoming one of my favorites. Like he's, he's he's a legit actor. But when vinyl, he was so good in vinyl. I've heard that. Yeah, you exactly. told me about that. If you haven't watched that series, I would suggest it. Really, like, even though especially it got like just watching, yeah, especially just watching like the first three, four episodes. Like you don't have to watch the whole series. It's not like it's the kind of show where you're going to be crushed. You didn't see what happens to everybody, but just watching the first couple episodes, uh, maybe three, first three, uh, it's going to give you a synopsis of basically what the whole show was like. And you get to see some really, really great acting from, it's like some of Olivia Wilde's best work, and I, I'm really a fan of hers. Yeah. Um, it's some of Ray Romano's, some of Bobby Cannavale's. Dude, uh, we, we talked about it, we joked about it. The dude that actually kind of deserved an Emmy was uh, Andrew Dice Clay. Uh, but yeah, there was, there was all that. kinds of people. Yeah, and Scorsese directed the first couple. Like, I, it's good. <laughs> okay. It's legitimately good. Why do you get yeah. canceled? What's that? Uh, it was like really high. It was back, you know, if HBO Max was a thing, there's no way it ever would have been. But HBO just kept taking on these like really high dollar uh, yeah. movies to make. And then if they didn't get enough new viewers to justify it, then they canceled it. Okay. Um, and so that's what happened to Rome and, and, and De- De- not Deadwood. Yeah, the Deadwood. One with John well, from Cincinnati. Happened. It happened to De- Deadwood too. Mm-hmm. Well, you're right. You're right. It did happen to Deadwood too, and John from Cincinnati, and then and then that one. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyway, give that a shot. But Ray Romano was great in that. I'd love to see him in this too. Yeah. Yeah. I I just really like him. So one of the best things is the trailer came out. So there's not much of a, a, a of a description for it. It's just a look at all the complexities and expectations in modern relationships. That's the information IMDb gives you, which is terrible. Uh, at least from the trailer I saw, because it looks like it takes place in the uh, not maybe not too distant future, but it shows near future, yeah. Yeah, Krista Milotti and I think it was Billy Magnuson are this you know perfect couple. They're both wealthy, living very nice lives, and you find out Krista Milotti's trying to leave, but basically Billy Magnuson's got her lojacked in her brain, and. She's trying to escape and get out of there. Billy's like, why would you leave? We have such a perfect life. And like, she might get put back. You don't really know exactly what's going on, but it's something along those lines. But the best part about it is the voiceover of uh, Ray Romano singing crazy, uh, not singing, but 
sang the lyrics to Crazy in Love by Beyonce during the during the entire minute trailer. And if you haven't yeah, seen yeah. that, it's it's it, that alone has got me in. It it, it absolutely was, and it, it kind of looks spooky in that. I mean, not kind of. It looks spooky in that, like you said, she's trying to get away, but she's low jacked, and uh, it it sounds like, especially just in the title, "Made for Love," that she's she was in some way genetically like made to be his wife. Yeah. Uh, and so she's like his property, and won't let her leave. Uh, and so, Ooh, I mean, or what? What if she's a clone of his wife who died? Oh dang! Yeah, even better. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's uh, it looks really interesting and fun and different. And yeah, like you said, that that inch, that that voiceover, my my lord. I, yeah, I'm definitely in. I'm telling you, HBO Max has done some great things. Yeah. The only thing so far that to me was a huge bomb was just. And I can't really say it with all certainty because I only watched two episodes, but the flight attendant, I just couldn't have cared less about after two episodes. I mean, it's making the second season, so someone liked it. Yeah, people like, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I guess I'm just not, I wasn't the, the audience for that. You yeah. know what I mean? But, um, yeah, so I guess, okay. I can see why some people would have liked it, I guess, but not for me. Fair enough. Uh, so the next one is, it's called Light Years. And there's not a lot known about it. And if you tell me that you're not interested in this, I completely get it. It could be really weird. Um, but it's uh, going to be a television series on Paramount Plus, I think. Uh, but it follows. No. Do what? Yeah, <laughs> I'm out. Oh, all right. <laughs> I didn't know that little piece of information. Yeah, I think I forgot to notice that. Uh, if that ends up being the case, that's a hard pass. Uh, but it follows Franklin and Irene York, a couple who years ago discovered a chamber buried in their backyard, which inexplicably leads to a strange, deserted planet. And uh, the cast is Ed O'Neill and Sissy Spacek. Uh, Ed O'Neill's fine. I, I, you know, I think he's really good at comedy. I think he can do serious. But Sissy Spacek is a treasure. Like she's just fantastic. I think Ed O'Neill's fantastic at serious work. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about. What'd you see him in that was serious that you liked him in? What'd you say? What'd you see him in that was serious that like that you liked him in? Oh my goodness! I mean, God, I, I have to really think. I saw him in something recently. What was it? I mean, Modern Family is. I mean, he was funny in it. It had its you know heartfelt moments, but I can't think of anything. He was in John's from Cincinnati. I never. I think I watched one episode. That's what of it that. was. That's what it was. John's from Cincinnati. That's why it was just hitting me when I said that. Yeah. That's what it was. John from Cincinnati. He was really good in that. Fair enough. I liked I liked Dutch. Dutch was good. I yeah, liked Dutch him. Was good. I liked him as the manager of Makita's uh, from Wayne's World. Wayne's World Two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me though, John from Cincinnati will go down with Terriers as being really the two best shows that didn't get to keep going. Yeah, it was that good. Oof. It was that good. It had a lot of the same cast from like Deadwood and Shield and stuff. Because I think yeah, was wasn't yeah. that a was that a Sean Ryan? Was it a who? A Sean Ryan uh, show? Uh, no, it was. Well, I don't think so. It, you know, it was the it was the same directors and uh, creators that did Deadwood. Oh, the same um, everything. Uh, and it David was part Milch. Of their deal David Milch. HBO. Yeah, and it was it was from uh, their their overall deal with HBO. <laughs> they decided to make it together, and it was. I don't know. I didn't explain it. It was just really, really good. Okay. 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 Fair enough. 
Um, it had a it had an interesting cast, but uh, yeah, I just never got into that. Uh, all right, fair enough. Uh, the next thing uh, is so there's this David O. Russell project coming out, and uh, probably know David Russell has done a ton of stuff. I Three Kings is one of my favorites. I love that one. Um, Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle, uh, I Heart Huckabees. He's he's made quite a few. So this new movie he's got coming out, it, it just there's no title, there's no plot details, but I just want to run through this uh, this cast, and you tell me at what point you're interested. Anya Taylor Joy, Margot Robbie. <laughs> that was fast. That was still done. <laughs> uh, Zoe Saldana, Christian Bale, Rami Malek, Robert De Niro, Timothy Oliphant, Andrea Riseborough. John David Washington, Michael Shannon, Mike Myers, Matthias Schoenarts. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but you know him from stuff. Uh, and Chris Rock. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, I wish they would get more of a budget so they could get some good acting in there. But uh, my God, yeah, that's, that's impressive. But we don't know what it's about, huh? No, but Michael Shannon is the 10th lead. <laughs> I just want you yeah, to think that. Yeah, know about that. So um, I, we don't. There's two photos that got released, and it looks like it takes place uh, early 1900s, maybe the 20s or 30s. Uh, and it looks like Christian Bale and John David Washington might be partners. Um, believe oh, that. I heard about this. No, does it look like it's in maybe Victorian London or something? Not Victorian. No, they're wearing suits and hats. And, yeah, uh, like maybe. Maybe it's early 1900s. Oh no! Yeah, it would be Victorian. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. No. So there's some there's some uh, uh, movie coming out with Christian Bale, where he plays uh, an inspector brought in to uh, figure out what's going on with these bizarre, horrible murders somewhere. Uh-huh. And his partner that he that he brings in to help him is, is uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Prior no, to that's Allen the Poe. Pale Blue Eye. That's a different movie. That is the pale blue eye. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, damn it. Okay, <laughs> swing and a miss. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean that cast is that's stupid. Like that is stupid good cast. So I have no idea what it's about, but I, I would buy my ticket now if I could. If you could buy stock in movies, I would probably buy stock in that one. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with it. I agree. All right, the next one you got to tell me because I've never seen a second of it. It is Lupin has season two that's supposed to be coming out this summer, I believe. Yeah, well, it's part two of season one, so they're do they're doing it. Uh, some Netflix does this with some shows; they'll bring out the first half of the season and they'll wait a few months and bring out the second half of the season. Um, and I think it has a lot more to do with just the expense of the show because it clearly there's some serious production value in the show. Um, in fact, I think the opening scene is is a, an action sequence taking place at the Louvre, the real Louvre. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, no, it, first season is uh, one of the most watched things on on Netflix ever. Uh, I know we've said that a few times, but they just keep breaking their own <laughs> uh, uh, you know records. Um, but Lupin is like a it's like a worldwide phenomenon. People love reading about him, uh, kind of like a. Um, Kind of like a James Bond, you know, uh, kind of character, uh, cat bur- gentleman cat burglar kind of a guy, and uh, uh, it was really good. The first five episodes were really good, 
um, and it left it left you on a little bit of a cliffhanger. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see where they took off from it. Uh, it it's dubbed over in English um, from from French. Yeah, I know, and that's the part that stops it from probably being. Well, it already is one of the most watched things worldwide. Yeah. But uh, from being from them being one of the most watched in the U.S. is the voice, the English dubbing. It is tough to get into English dubbing. Um, it just is. But when you, after you get, and I'm not going to lie to you, you get about 30 minutes in before you're really, <laughs> like, just where you're fine with it and you kind of start to forget about it. Um, but uh, it is a good series. It's a fun series. Um, it's not... I mean, I'm not going to say it's like going to be the best written thing you've ever seen in your life. You know what I mean? It's not like that, but yeah. it's not supposed to be. It's it's fun. It's a fun series. Um, yeah, I'd, I, I highly recommend it. Okay. Yeah, it's good. yeah, I might have to get into that. I mean, I think the first, or you said part one, it only has five episodes, I think? Yeah, yeah, okay. five episodes. So that's pretty easy, and I think they're like an hour an hour a piece. Yeah, they're an hour piece. Uh, yeah, I might have to jump into that. I had heard really good things about it. Uh, I like Omar Sy. I think you're going to start seeing him in a lot more things. Uh, you should, because yeah, he's he's good. God, I hate. I wish I wish you had a choice of dubbing or subtitle. I would take subtitles over dubbing any day because I feel like dubbing takes me out so much. I tried watching that show Dark on Netflix, the German show that everyone raved about. I made it like I think three or four episodes in. And I, I hate the dubbing so much. Subtitles don't bother me. I can do subtitles. Dubbing drives me nuts. I agree with you. Uh, yeah, I, I would have rather done subtitles uh, than the dubbing. But it, the dubbing allows you to watch the movie more than, you know, if you're reading too much, you miss things going on. Uh, while, you know, when you're having to flick up and down, you know, constantly to, to, <laughs> to be reading. And, and so, I mean, I guess... And it's such a visual show, like uh, where the visuals play a lot, a big part of it, and like you don't want to miss things. It, it's almost like white collar, but but good. <laughs> I enjoyed <laughs> white collar. I liked white yeah, collar for what it was. Okay, well then that's then that's a good fit for it. Then let's call it that. Like it's it's a fun, silly, good thing. But it's not like you're not going to be like, oh, white collar should have won Emmys. But 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 it was fun and enjoyable, yeah. and that's what this is. Okay. Sure. Fair uh, so the next one, eh, meh, I mean, eh, we both saw the trailer. I like the cast, but eh, the trailer looked really dumb. And uh, the name of the movie is Voyagers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Written and directed. I didn't think it looked dumb. Well, I, I thought you it were incorrect. Interesting. Uh, a crew of astronauts on a multi-generational mission descend into paranoia and madness not knowing what is real or not. Well, um, when you read it like that, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's not, I'll be honest, that's not fair. But from the trailer, what I saw, it looked like basically everyone's taking drugs and going to a rave in space. No, they, they weren't taking drugs. They, uh, what they were showing is, so Colin Farrell is kind of in charge of a lot of them. Uh, and uh, they're basically, because they're from more than one generation, going to be trapped on a spaceship, which, let's face it, would drive most people insane. Um, they're basically given drugs to just totally calm them down and tamper them. Um, to take a, a well, to take away any feelings is what I what it said. Say it again. It's to take away any feelings, like they're not supposed to have feelings or something along yeah, those they, lines. Not just feelings. It, it's to it's to they it's to take away like like most of the human urges. They basically need them to get to the next to the planet that they're fleeing to or whatever it is. 
uh, in peace. And you know, it could descend into chaos for an entire lifetime, stuck in a little ship. Humans are not meant to be that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not meant to be stuck in that little ship. They have to run, you know, anyway. So, uh, yeah, they're given drugs to basically tamper down all their emotions and feelings and everything and just basically be robots going about their day. Uh, and, uh, and I guess at some point, one of them, a couple of them figure it out and, and find a way to stop taking those repressive drugs and start, uh, start rebelling against being trapped in a can for their entire life. And there everyone starts uh, doing each other. And they do what? Everyone starts doing each other. They just shows them fighting and doing it and doing all kinds of animalistic things that they normally, uh, that most humans do living life like a normal human being that they haven't been allowed to do. And, And, uh, I don't know. It could be good. It could be bad. But it's from the guy who did Limitless, and he likes to play with your mind and uh, and do interesting things. And I'm I, I like the director, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, int- I'm giving him a shot. I like it. I, yeah. And plus, I love me some Colin Farrell. So Taylor Sheridan too. So I, I'm definitely yeah. I, I liked I liked um, the Upside, which is the most recent one. I enjoyed that. I thought oh, that, yeah, was a, like that, that was that was a fine. I, I enjoyed that movie. It, there's not a ton to it. It's just a really, it's just an enjoyable movie. Um, it was great. I yeah. went and saw The Illusionist in the theater because I was excited about that. And that's the the magician one with. Uh, there was two magician movies that came out at the same time. There was The Prestige and The Illusionist. And The Illusionist had Paul Giamatti, Edward Norton, and Jessica Biel. And then The Prestige, everyone knows, is the Christopher Nolan movie with Christian Bale. And The Illusionist was very meh. So he did that. He did Limitless, The Lucky Ones. What was that? That was, I don't remember much about that. Rachel McAdams, Ten Robbins, Michael Pena. Let me some Pena. I don't know. Uh, oh, no, that was good. Yeah. yeah was I it? I forgot about that. Yeah, that's, a, that's like a road trip movie kind of a thing about uh, some vets on their way home or something. Uh, no, that's interesting. I didn't know he did that. Yeah. Um, he also did Divergent. But, okay. Ugh, yeah, okay, nobody's perfect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know what? Hey, man, you got to make that money, man. So the last you one, do. yeah, he did Lucky Ones, then Limitless. And Limitless, I thought, was fine. Um, I mean, the acting was great because Bradley Cooper and Roger Nero, but the, I thought the movie overall was, it, it, it was okay. It was good. It was fine. Well, see, I, I loved the TV show, too, and didn't ha- it didn't have a minute. So I think I like just like the premise. He, I don't show that he didn't. Did he do stuff with Limitless? Yeah, I guess he's executive producer of the show. Yeah, I remember you telling me that he liked that. I don't know. Yeah, well, and I and Brad Cooper was in it actually, but only for like he was in about three episodes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the the cast in this I like Colin Farrell, who is a really good actor. Ty Sheridan, who is I, I feel like he kind of got screwed. Um, he's a good young actor. Uh, he got noticed for like Mud and for being in Joe, which were like two kind of. It was back when, like, you know, Nicolas Cage was not thought of as a, a good actor, but Joe was supposed to be a good movie. And then Mud got some nominations. He was in that. Ready Player One, which was fantastic. But then he played, he got stuck having to play Cyclops in the X-Men movies. And <laughs> that poor bastard. I, don't, I mean, what you, there's no way you're getting out of that. You're just kind of stuck. Um, but I like, I like Ty Sheridan. I think he's a really good actor. Uh, and then also Isaac Hempstead Wright. Also known as Bran Stark from Game of Thrones, and then Lily Rose Depp, uh, son uh, or son, daughter of Johnny Depp, who's starting to kind of do. She's starting to become kind of uh, like a legit, yeah. legit actress. She's starting to be in some pretty big stuff. She was in the movie The King for a little bit, which was 
it was a I enjoyed the movie. It was a slow burn. Um, the only problem is like Timothy Chalamet's in it. And he's a good actor, but he's this little guy going to battle with the sword. It's just adorable. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, she's got a few other things coming out that I think you're going to start seeing a lot more of her. I think she's going to end up being a pretty good actress. So, I don't know. I, I'm not interested in that. What I am interested in is next Friday when Falcon Winter Soldier comes out. Uh, yeah. So, this Friday, because uh, you know, Marvel will bring out something every day of the year uh, from here through. Um, but this between each, after each series, they will bring out a making of. So, the making of WandaVision will be out uh, fr- this Friday. And then, like I said, next Friday we get the premiere of uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, and yeah, this looks this looks great. And this is um, I don't want to say more Marvel, but it's closer to what you're expecting mm-hmm. with Marvel. This is going to be the more actiony, uh, go more into the mythology of the heroes you know. Um, it's going to go into the you know the history of the Shield, I believe, of Captain America, and, and who's had it, who's trying to pretend to be it now, and, and then how the Falcon can become it, maybe. Uh, or, uh, and yeah, and I think uh, uh, the partnership, the buddy the buddy cop kind of uh, side of it uh, yeah. could be great. I don't know if you call it buddy cop so much as like... It, no, uh, I would say, because it, it, that's the kind of feel I got that they were leading up to in the Civil War uh, movies. Yeah, but but I mean, it's like the... It's more like 48 hours where they, like, they have to work together, but they don't want to at all. Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess is kind of the buddy cop one, but... Uh, yeah, uh, that's that's kind of what it looks like. So uh, it looks like they can't stand each other in a in kind of a funny way. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I can't wait to see it, and I'm I'm really interested to see where they take the whole Sokovia course thing because yeah. as of right now, and I've even mentioned it, everyone that was on you know Team Cap, uh, if we want to call it that, they're all still fugitives. Yep. Uh, so you know that uh, there were. I guess everyone just assumed uh, Infinity War slash Endgame um, gave them, you know, a pass that they forgave them for their crimes for saving half of all existence. And you know what, by the way, uh, should have, yeah. it should have, <laughs> uh, but apparently it hasn't uh, because General Thunderbolt Ross is still petty and uh, and still declaring them fugitives. So, um, so the Discovery Corps are still a thing. Uh, registration is still a thing. Um, and I think there's like a little, a little picture of uh, Emily Van Camp. What's her Sharon Carter? Like agent Sharon Carter. Yeah, and so I think they called her Agent 19 or something like that too. Uh, anyway, she's uh, she's got something that says Fugitive on her and one of her things too. So apparently she was also she's also been on the run. So okay. we'll see what she's been up to and you know what this new group of people with the the hand over their face, <laughs> uh, the handprint on their on their you know, face mask, whatever, yeah. who these people are and what they're after. And, and then, uh, and we got our first little look at, uh, Baron Von Structor wearing the mask. So that's exciting. Baron Zemo. Baron Zemo. Yeah. yeah. That's the better one. Yeah. Daniel Brule. The, the better Baron. Yeah. Daniel Brule coming back as <laughs> Baron Zemo, uh, which is interesting. See, I haven't watched the most. So another trailer just came out uh, this week. I didn't watch it. I'm not watching anymore until I don't need any more. I, cause I, I I didn't and I won't either. Yeah, yeah I just want to watch. I just want to watch the show. I don't need any more. I'm in. Um, I'm also looking forward to see Wyatt Russell uh, as John Walker, who you and I uh, we've discussed this before. I think he's going to be kind of like it's 
like Thunderbolt Ross and the government's attempt to try to make another Captain America. And, uh, I, I, you know, obviously he's going to end up being more of like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what he'll, uh, the way they're going to take him, uh, but I think it'll be too I much by would, the book and it'll kind of like he'll break or something. No, I, I think he, so from the, uh, it's not U.S. agent, or maybe it is U.S. agent, but I forget what his name is, but, uh, I think he becomes more of a violent, uh, like, like he's a, he's the Captain America, but he's run by the current military. Yeah. So, so he's like, uh, he's basically going to be like the police. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like police state kind of, yeah. A li- li- little bit racist, a little bit, you know, all that. Like he's yes. going to be about, you know, yeah. Americans, Republican ideals and not anything else. Not necessarily what, the real cap would have stood for, and that's mm-hmm. going to cause Falcon and Winter Soldier to have to clear, you know, stop that. Yeah, cool. <laughs> stop it. Yeah, uh, no, I'm in. I like it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited about that. And uh, there is one thing that we will get to about the news later in the week about how WandaVision, they had to change the show because of the, pand- the pandemic and how that could yeah. affect some things. So we'll get into that on Friday when we come back to do the news but that is all for now all right looking forward to it all right see you then